this is the Corner to Calm podcast. In 2017, I realized my personal life was completely at odds with my professional life. I am now on a journey to speak with entrepreneurs, community leaders, and beyond to discover what motivated them to make the change, what motivated them to move from corporate to calm. You are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate to Cam. I am speaking with Sarah Lines as part of our Christmas Cracker series. Sarah is a body confidence coach. She is a stylist and her passion for making women feel good about themselves is absolutely contagious. Um, so sit back, relax and enjoy Sarah Lines' journey from corporate to cam. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Linda. I'm good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Thank you so much for coming on the Corporate Cam podcast. Oh, so um, excited. It is very exciting. Um, tell me, introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about you. So my name is Sarah Lines. I am an image consultant and body confidence coach and the owner of Well Styled by Sarah. Um, I am a mother of two girls uh, living in Dublin and I have a passion for helping women look and feel good in themselves. Oh, I love that. I love that. Where did your career start? Where did uh, you begin life? Well, <laughs> which job do we start with? Um, so my the longest career, I suppose, is in pharmacy. I started... I'm a pharmacy technician. I've been a retail pharmacy manager. Wow. I have been everything to do at retail I have done. So yeah, my I started with Unicare. Oh, well, I started in local pharmacy in Galway and then I trained as a pharmacy technician. I haven't talked about this in so long, so sometimes I'm like, what way did it go? <laughs> like, did I actually do that? <laughs> you know? So then, yeah, I was working and I got great training in, because I'm originally from Galway. So when I moved up here, I went to Trinity and then I got a great job in Raffarnham and got brilliant training. And then my my wings needed to fly a little bit more and I knew I wanted to progress and not just stay as a technician. So I moved to Unicare, which was a, the, one of the biggest companies, um, pharmacy companies, which is now Lloyd's. So um, I knew there'd be progression there. So I started as assistant manager in Nook Grove, and then I got to open my own shop in right. Leopardstown. Um, it was a brand new shopping center and massive pharmacy. I've never seen anything so big in all my life. And I was like, oh, my God, this is all my responsibility. <laughs> Jesus. And I learned so much from those like four years up there, like starting literally from having no customers, like nothing. We did marketing, we did events, we did like, you know, just mad stuff to try and get people in and then managing staff and everything like that. So I ended up doing a few courses. I did event management and I did business management as well while working so I was always kind of conscious of always progressing and then when I got married I the, the kind of progression I knew I went for an interview and just some it just it didn't sit right that I didn't get it and then I was like okay we need to move on now because I'm very like okay we need to go now and I did but then I was pregnant with my first daughter you know within a few months so yeah once she was born it kind of I decided not to go back full time I had I was very lucky in that I didn't have to go back um even though I wonder you know would I have been better going back to work yeah yeah probably mentally emotionally yes but I had an image of being staying at home and having my baby and you know this is going to be fabulous and I think we all have that image and it's yeah baking cakes (laughs) you know making dinner and then reality sets in like I had a very horrendous birth or labor and birth and it was just like okay hang on this isn't in the books (laughs) this is not what happens um so it took a while um then I was was I doing I was just I I didn't do anything for that full year actually I stayed at home with her and then I was 
was I pre- no I had I got a part-time job through a friend of a friend in another pharmacy and okay. it was a day a week and I was like yes yes I need to get out yes, yes. so yeah. I um went to work there and then I was pregnant again with Annabelle and yeah I stayed there and I did my one day a week even through pregnancy and when I had Annabelle and things like that so I was there for about five years but then I so I was in pharmacy for a good while but my heart wasn't in it anymore because I had had kind of done everything I had you know you've been the manager you've been you know buyer you've been everything and then I was now back to the not to the bottom but I was back to where I started how was that like how was that going from one in your own shop was it a weight off or did you go I could do that better I think like I think once you're a manager you're always a manager (laughs) yeah I think you're and you see pharmacy is very small and they're very small close-knit teams that you work with so you know you kind of could be there on your own with the pharmacist and so it's not as you know you wouldn't be running a team and thank god you never have to do rotas again so that was my message right you don't have to work so there is a sense of easing of responsibility but I think once you're in there like I was always training the other girls that would come in I'd always love to do that because that was my thing and I'd all like customer service is my huge huge passion and I just go mad when I go into other shops now and I'm like what's going on here and why what it just drives me mad I I just have to like and I would always have had my girls like trained in really good customers just keep talking to the customer that you know you can't argue you just even if we don't have it just be nice I mean just that's the key kindness is the key so yeah I it was okay and then I just I was kind of back to the beginning and I was like I don't want to do this anymore and I had always been kind of entrepreneurial anyway and I was always thinking of different ways like what did I want to do did I want to you know open a shop did I want my own pharmacy did I want a product and then when Annabelle was about six months old I went to Paris my sister was living there and I was like why don't we just start a business because she just had a baby as well and I was like obviously this is the time to start a business when there's two babies and you've a two-year-old obviously it's, so, it's so funny it's escapism isn't it so when, oh my god oh what, what I, I know I love my children but what can I do to be out of the house yeah what can I do not to be here that was it that was a total escapism and I was like okay so we decided on a bridal accessories um oh, wow. website fabulous so it was called the Parisian Bride and we went to shows, we went to trade fairs, we went to bridal chat, we did our research, we did everything. So we got these fabulous and we wanted to be a step up from your normal, you know, accessorize or anything like that, like really good quality stuff. And we found some great suppliers. But sure, I thought I could do it all. I was like, you know, yeah, of course, I don't need uh, my local enterprise office. I don't need to take a course in this. I just need to pay loads of money. For people to do stuff for me that was yeah. substandard obviously yeah. so I just learned so much I we set up a company it was an actual company it was a limited company so I'm well schooled in opening a company and closing a company which is very difficult it's way more difficult to close a company than yeah. it is to open a company so yeah I got a baptism, baptism of fire really and it it worked a little bit but we never got the traction because I literally I didn't believe in it enough. I didn't believe in myself enough. I didn't believe in that we could do it. So it was just more of an escapism, but an expensive escapism and, but learning like so much. And then I knew after that, I was like, okay, well, what can I do on my own that will work for me? That's not a product that I'm not holding stock that I can do on my own time. So I was sitting in the car waiting to collect from play school and I was just like at the end of my rope to be honest because I was just like I'm so lost I don't know what to do I feel I have no identity I've no purpose almost outside being a mother and all this dropping to school school gate chat all that kind of stuff was just I was like this is not for me (laughs) it's like I'm like I'm like I feel like a kindred spirit here at the moment yeah I I told you I thought this is what I wanted I was like oh 
hell yeah, I am all up for this. I'm going to be dropping my kids. We're going to do hockey. We're going to do drama, everything. You know, I thought I was like in this reality going, but who are you, Sarah? Like, who who is this person? If you're vacant, basically vacant. And I just was just operating at a level where you were existing. Yes. And not feeling fulfilled. There was like... And I know people might go, oh, but you had your children. And I was like, yeah, but they were going to school and they were, <laughs> they were fine. <laughs> you know? I mean, the thing about it is, is that like there are people that their children does define them and that is their yeah. life and more well, power to those people. Hundreds of yeah. but I thought I would be that person. Yeah. That's why, like, and if you ask my mom and dad, they'd be like, oh my God, I played with dolls up until I was probably about 12 or something. Like I was the... <laughs> going to be the ultimate mother like you know but then when the physicality of pregnancy labor the, the tiredness like you know the emotional yeah. like I had postnatal depression for years afterwards yeah. like and it was treated and things like that but I, it kind of left a lingering depression yeah it kind of carried through and I was like but this can't just be postnatal depression. I said, there's other things I'm missing. Like I'm recovered from this. I feel I'm recovered, but why can't I move? Like, what is this? There's some other step. I said, yeah. this can't be it. Like I was like, literally you sit in the car and go, this can't be it. Yeah. Like this actually can't be my life. Because if you're like, are you facing another 18 years of this? Like that's the thing. But I was like, nobody knows my name. They know me as Charlotte's mom, as yeah. Annabelle's mom, or or actually not even know you and you know their kid. And it's just terrible. And it's like, you're trying to make friends, but it's it's not the same because your children kind of have to be friends with the other kid. Oh, it was just bonkers. So I was just like, this is, it wasn't really natural for me because uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was just very, um, very, it was a tough time now, I have yeah. to say. It was a tough kind of five years where it was like, what are you doing? I didn't know myself. I was just like, but I used to think my constant thought was, there has to be something else. Yeah. But how am I going to get it? I didn't know how to get it. Yeah. And then I was like, I was sitting, I was scrolling through Facebook as you do on, in the car. Uh, waiting yeah. for two uh, if, you, if you didn't feel bad enough, let's go stroll. Yeah. Scroll. Let's go scroll. <laughs> and um, I this ad for image consulting came up and it was just like, there was like, are you like creative? Do you want to earn your own money? Like, are you good at, you know, do you like fashion? I was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm all of these things. And literally within two minutes, I had signed up, paid like the money. I like full on deposit, didn't care. I was like, didn't know this woman, but I was like, this is what I need. And, um, so I trained with Joan Cashman down in the color, um, down in Cork. And um, I went to Cork and I trained and it was the best couple of weeks of my life. I was like, yay, I was living in a hotel. This was brilliant. And I was learning so much. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I was like, this is what I've always done, but it's in a different capacity. It's helping people. It's bringing people along. It's but just not medically or, you know, in an emotional support way. This is practical. And I was always really good at like, say you go into a shop and someone be like, oh, I'm looking for like gold shoes. And I'd be like, oh, well, I saw gold shoes in, you know, yeah. Zara or Barrett's yeah. or something. You know, I'd always have, I have like this memory where I can just go into a shop and go, but like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, it's like I categorize things. I may, yeah. most of the time not looking for me, it's always for somebody else. So I was like, oh God, this is brilliant. And I, so we learned all body shapes, uh, how to drape with color. We did makeup, wasn't very good at that, but you know, I just leave that to the professionals now, the makeup artists. And, but I learned how you can transform how you're feeling by color and by putting on and knowing what suits you and taking the guesswork out of it. So I decided on the name Well Styled because of my background in wellness and health and things like that. So Well Styled. I never, I never knew that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I Because I was like, maybe down the line, I'll bring in something. I didn't know what it was, but I didn't want it to. I wanted something that was going to, because I'm always looking for opportunities. Like, mm. what's the next? <laughs> um, so yeah well styled was was that's how I came along and, and people kind of lucky they were like well styled 
you know, it took them a minute. And then I was yeah. like, yeah, but it's wellness and styling. Yeah. So it makes but, sense. And then they're like, oh my God, yes, that's what I'm like, yeah. So do you think that's the difference when you, when you talk about the bridal accessories, that was for escapism and then the, the styling was for other people. And do you think that's was that what, what was missing from the bride? Like, you know, do you know that way? It's like, yeah, it's the connection. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's the connection for me. Like as much as I would love my own shop and things like that, and you'd have regular customers like bridal is once off. Yes. Almost. It's like, it's done, but there was no connection. I didn't know these people. I didn't know it was, it's, it's just a, a website that people mm-hmm. go on to. I wasn't, connecting with anyone so once you've connected with people you know that's the difference for me yeah that's the whole thing for me and yeah so we that's how we got to well styled I know <laughs> the last version dearly <laughs> but, but it's such an amazing evolution because that's the thing like we as I've said people think that you know you, you know there is that whole oh just a mom you know and you feel apologetic for it being just a mom and yeah. I do think that as creative people and as motivated people and ambitious people, we put so much pressure on ourselves to find the next thing that we want to do and to look for that opportunity. But genuinely, we want that because it's, it, you know, as you say, it's that realization outside the school gates that I, I don't want to do this. I don't yeah. want to be that mom. Like I want to be a mom, but I also want to be an entrepreneur and I also want to help people. And I also, and I can do that, you know, because I'm not just a mom. <laughs> yeah. Like we're not one dimensional. And yeah. just because you, you choose to have children or you have children, I mean, it's not the end of the road. Yeah. Whereas I kind of thought for a good while, I was like, oh, this is it. And I used to have like this thought that as long as the children are fine, I'll be fine. Yeah. But then that's, you're just lying to yourself, really. Yeah. It's like, you know, where and this is what like I always try it's like with moms and trying to carve out that time like that you deserve it yeah yeah. you know that you still count just because it doesn't stop once you bring them into the world and you do all the things for them you still have to look after yourself like and everyone looks after you in pregnancy and then everyone and then the minute (laughs) it comes along it's like mom who and it's so it's so funny because like that is that that's oh my god you've just struck such a chord with me there because that was what I found bizarre and especially on your first pregnancy. Oh yeah. Um, and you are just like this queen. You queen. are the most amazing person. And then you have the baby and it's like, oh, fuck you. And like, it's the time when you need it most like that, that yeah. three or four months after having a baby and the sleep deprivation. And it's like, oh my God. And the majority of people that aren't there for you, have been through it themselves and you're like you you shouldn't why didn't you tell me why didn't you you know and that's why I always like anyone asks me about birth or pregnancy or anything and I'm like I will tell you the god honest truth because I don't want you to be like I didn't read the last chapter of the book oh god yeah. <laughs> the book I didn't read the last chapter of the book because I was like that won't happen that won't happen and yeah. you know and then you're like shit like, all of that happened yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like one of those you know um when tell me something that you shouldn't like Tell me something that you, sh- you you should like, but you didn't. And I hated being pregnant. I hated yeah. being pregnant. I just, just, I just didn't like it. I just didn't like yeah. my body being taken over by something else. And I know it was my children and I had friends. And, oh my God, it's the most precious time. And I was like, get this out of me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? But every, that's the whole uniqueness of yeah. every woman is that we are all different. We cannot, we're never going to experience anything the same as anybody else, yeah. but we have to share the stories and we have to share our experience so that if something resonates with someone else, that know that like, okay, that's normal. This is normal. And this whole thing of snapping back after pregnancy yeah. and the language we use around it and stuff like that. And you know, it's just, it's, you're, you're not, not failing. You're not failing. You're not failing. Your way, you, you know, it's how you're coping is, is really yeah. like, well, you're not failing if you didn't lose the baby weight. You're not failing if, yeah. you know, things didn't go right in your birthing plan. Yeah. With the birthing plan. <laughs> Every time I hear a birthing plan, I'm like, <laughs> literally with the cackle going, that is just so funny because it's, nothing it's ever like, goes gorgeous. It's it's like once upon a time there was once a birthday upon a time, time and the end. <laughs> it never happened. 
But yeah. moving into moving into well styled, um, um, I I know this is very generic and very broad, but like if you had to say to somebody, top three tips for, and I know we're all individuals, but what what yeah, do you oh, think no. there are, you know, there's it's, if there's three things that you would say to somebody, you know, do these and you will feel better or you will look better okay. or, yes, okay, well the first thing is get a bra fitted <laughs> for you, love so it, your girls are all nice and supported and they give you a great shape because every client I pretty much have ever had I asked the first I said when was the last time you were fitted for a bra and it's like a tumbleweed blows through the consultation and you're like it's okay but now you're going to so that's their homework that's their first thing and the difference it makes yeah. the confidence yeah. it gives you because everything fits better yeah and if you're wearing if you're getting fitted for a bra go to the professionals yeah go to a nice small lingerie shop it's yeah. not as intimidating a lot of people think it's intimidating it's not it's literally the most positive experience you ever have and a new bra is like a pair of shoes you have to break it in so don't be like me many years ago going oh this bra is uncomfortable I'm taking it off I know it costs me loads of money but it's done now because if it's fitted correctly and if you give it the couple of weeks, like 10 days even, it will be like you're not wearing anything at yeah. all. Like it's so comfortable and you won't have that feeling of dying to take it off, even though sometimes that just happens anyway. Yeah. So getting fitted for a bra, 100%. And then my other main thing is that clothes fit you. Right. Okay. They can't be too small and they can't be too big. If the clothes fit you properly there will be no bulging there will be no tummy rolls there will be no back fat if it fits you and if you have things that are you're just not fitting into right now move them to a different wardrobe what? don't be reinforcing the negative feelings by looking at them every day and if sometimes when we're carrying extra weight or more weight than other people we are very conscious of that. And what happens is you tend to cover up. And when people cover up, they add layers and they add bulk. Yeah. So it just doesn't make sense that like, you know, okay, we're trying to camouflage one bit. It might be insecure. So we're going to add more layers on top of that or things that are too big. Because to be a well-dressed woman is to have everything that fits correctly. Mm -hmm. And you will, you will notice you and not the clothes that you're wearing yeah. so you kind of notice if someone's zip is is kind of bulging or yeah. you notice that a jacket is too small or that it's swamping someone you won't notice the person so we want people to notice you and your beautiful face and not the clothes you're wearing yeah clothes give us confidence and we have to get dressed every day but they have to fit correctly and that's one of my big things is that you know I think when you're insecure you just are either holding on to the past with being a past size and you're trying to fit into that size or you're just don't want your body to be seen but there are ways around that without you know draping yourself in fabric or draping yourself in things that are way too big that are that's all people are seeing yeah and is how ill-fitting it is and is that like the message huge. is that like the message of when you go into a shop don't focus on sizes as well like oh. you know it doesn't matter if it's a two sizes bigger than you think you are if like well and it's funny the younger generation have copped on very quickly to all of this and I saw that TikTok where she went in what did she do she went into it like the jeans with the jeans yes and she was like pennies what's going on here and then she but like literally she had them sized up so what I tell people is like these clothes unless you're getting them tailored to your body are produced in massive factories they're not thinking about you. They're not thinking about your bum, your your tummy, your legs. No, it's a pattern that they're cutting to and they up it by an inch or whatever. So, of course, you might have to get it tailored. Yes. If it's too long, you have to get it taken up or you have to make it work for you because you can't expect that it's just going the perfect. This is what, the perfect pair of jeans are not just going to land on your lap. Yeah, it once in a lifetime happens. But like, 
you might find it and it's great on the tummy, but the leg is too long. Okay, get it tailored. Yeah. Or it's perfect, but it's gaping at the back, right? Get it taken in at the back. You can't expect this like just to land. Like, you know, you have to, you know, be aware that there's different options available and sizing. If the sizing bothers you, just cut them off. Yes. It's like, it's, it's literally like, um, you know, different size coffees. Like what is their medium grande or whatever? And they're all 20 fluid ounce, eight fluid ounce, whatever. This is literally just a size. It's a, it's a, no reflection on you as a person being a size six or an eight or this zero shite has no reflection on you as a person. You know what I mean? This is the exterior we're talking about here. No reflection on your talents or abilities. And that's like, you know, how fashion has come about that it's like, this is, you know this sample size you know and do you know what as much as I love fashion and the creativity side of it being a model must be the most boring job in the world because they all look miserable yeah and I saw them there for Paris Fashion Week and Danny Fashion Week and I was like mother of god if you were donned in the most beautiful fabrics you'd think you'd smile yeah So that was created by the fashion industry. That was all created to tell us that we're maybe not good enough. This is what we should aspire to. So just think the bigger picture. What are they trying to sell you? They're trying to sell you clothes. That's the end of it. Yeah. You know, and that's why I always put it down to it's objectification because they're viewing you as an object to wear their clothes. They're not looking at you as a person. So sizing, irrelevant. It's just, it's just a size. It's a, it's a number but it's not defining you. Yeah. And cut it off. Jesus, cut them off. I cut them off loads of times. I'm just feeling really crap. Like, obviously, now I'm very much, it doesn't bother me at all. But before, I would have cut them off and gone, you know what? I just don't want to look at that today. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. and that's fine. Whatever you need to do to make your you feel good in that yeah. day. But sizing has nothing to do with you as a person. And would that be kind of your strongest message message as you've evolved into kind of a body confidence coach? That would be one of your strongest messages. It's one of, yeah, it's like the body confidence coaching came along. Like, obviously, I qualify. Well, I had got my search just in COVID, start of COVID. Like, so I had done all this and I'd written pieces all about, you know, body confidence and my journey in it. But it's it's about connecting to yourself. Right. And being your own advocate and being and valuing yourself and loving yourself so yes the size like has no relevance to you because you know your own value you know your own worth that just because you know the size eight doesn't fit anymore Mm. have, have, have have you changed have you no and once you realize that you have I suppose the the power within you to question those things and that you are allowed change your that your body changes your body changes every single day every yeah. the amount of things that are happening in your body and you're just focusing on one thing like I mean it's that and especially I think the younger generation are, are kind of copping on to this now that like you know it's filtering down that like you know everyone is unique and yeah. that's a really good start but there still is that element of comparison to other people and when I work with clients now it's like teaching them that you have the ability to change your story we all have a story we all have a body story we all have our experiences but that doesn't that's not set in stone you can rewrite that story you can look at you know why you have those beliefs about yourself why don't I feel good enough about myself why don't I like certain parts of my body what was said to you what happened you might have had a trauma it could be illness if pregnancy aging anything like that yeah we're just accepting you know, because we can change our external body, but it's the the picture we have in our mind that we really need to change. And that's all internal work. And yeah, the courses that you offer now in body confidence. Yeah. Do do your clients um, come to you for styling advice then as well out of that? Like, because obviously you're trying to build their confidence, but 
if they haven't got that confidence in their body, they might not necessarily have that confidence in their their clothes as well. So would they come to you for that advice too? Because it kind of seems like it's a nice marriage. It well. is not. Yeah, it is a nice marriage. And that's where I, I, I what's why I brought it in. Sure. Yeah. I, and the, the, the moment I knew I needed something else was I was in town and I was shopping with the client and she just started crying she just started crying and I was like oh my god I said is, is everything okay and she said I just don't know I just don't like myself okay and I was like right. okay and she goes we could put on anything and she, like I just it's just not the clothes it's it's me and I was like okay and then we just had to take a break and we stopped and then I just I remember going home and going I don't have these skills. I have empathy. I can listen, but I don't have anything that can help her. All I could help her with was get her a good outfit that I know looks well in her. But I just knew there was more to it. There was all these different bodies. And the main issue was once I looked back on my client, I was like, is that the confidence was, it wasn't about the clothes. It was about themselves. So and that's when I looked for something along. And that's why I didn't go down the life coach route, because I wanted it to be more specific to yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. And yeah, so it's an inside and outside job. That's yeah. the way. I, so we can either start with clothes. And then I obviously intertwine that into what like the body confidence into when, when I'm giving those um, consultations. But then body confidence and well-being coaching on its own on its own. I've moved it out now and it's going to be a totally standalone thing because there's so many different issues and it's so it's so intimate and it's so deep Mm -hmm. that um because you're looking at your relationship with food um you're looking at body image and creating positive body image um and rewriting your story and then there's all the life coaching that comes into that as well like how are you going to get like me I wish when I was in the car going, there has to be something more. Yeah. But I, it just took me so long to to get there. So my idea is that like, I would be that part. Okay, where are we going? Mm-hmm. How can I get you from either back to yourself? Because identity is a massive thing with body confidence coaching. We might be portraying someone different to the world, but you know identity is massive like especially with mums and especially if you've been through illness or anything like that your identity is eroded Mm -hmm. because you don't feel visible so it's about bringing you back you back to you and you know getting you unstuck so that's what I always thought it was like if I had had someone that was just if I even knew that coaching was a thing you know I would have been like right okay well how am I going to get from here I'm recovered from the emotional depression, that kind of stuff. So how am I going to get from here to being happy? Yeah. Do you know, to being really yeah. myself. So that's yeah. where the, the coaching is really going to come into itself. Do you, do you know what's really interesting and what you were saying about um, younger kids kind of have acknowledged this and are embracing it a lot more and everything. And like for me, the first thing I would be like, oh my God, social media has had such and you know a negative impact when you talk about comparison and everything like that mm-hmm. but is it just a negative impact for people maybe progressing from like mid to late 30s onwards whereas you know you've, you've acknowledged yourself that young younger people aren't experiencing what we're experiencing and is it because that we didn't have social media when we were kids or it's it's just it's such a huge phenomenon or is it because we're here teaching younger generation that it's okay like it's okay to I think I think with the younger generation they're just with the um fashion industry and with big industry in general they're not as naive as we were okay that's in that respect I do feel they are suffering with the comparison with the influencers with you know because they've been targeted by these industries there's something wrong with your nose this is what we can do. You need to look like this person. So then you use this filter or else you just get liposuction and then you're going to look at it or you inject your lips or you inject it into your cheeks. So they're constantly bombarded. But I think they are 
as an industry and they're realizing as a global industry that they're what are they trying to do they're going to they're calling them out more okay but there is I think they are still suffering with the social media but as you said and it can be a negative space but you have the power to create your own social media stream especially on Instagram where you choose what you see yeah you know it's nearly not about body you know it might necessarily be about body size because you know whether you're a 12 or a 16 you know you might have the confidence to wear that crop top or do this but then it hey 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 (laughs) i'll start i'll start again no what i what i was thinking was it's not about so if you're a, a 12 to an 18 to a 24 to a, like there's so much confidence out there around clothing and wearing that belly top and wearing and, and not caring about the roles or not care and that's amazing but those same people are, are getting botox at 24 and yeah 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 it's it's done all the there's so many options yeah now. Yeah, and it's what they're seeing is like is that acceptable and they're being objectified and it's the whole again objectification of women and girls to sell products yeah and if you don't understand you're being objectified or what objectification is then you don't understand what's happening or why you're making those decisions but if you understand that like they see you as an object that needs to be shaped and needs to be molded into a particular size or a particular filter or something like that it's you start to realize well hang on I'm just me you you yeah. know that I, I have a right to exist and stand in my own light and take up space in this world yeah. and I think I think it's yeah but it, it's, it's body confidence and body image is still a massive yeah. massive yeah. um globally yeah. for for young children for young girls and women and a significant number of men yeah. Whereas our, I think we've gotten to, we're more experienced in life, but then the comparison sets in because we're seeing, oh, well, so-and-so has a perfect life. Look at her. She's get, look at her style. She's great style. She's a size eight. I need to get back into that. And it's like, but what I always say about social media is you you have power to choose. If someone is making you feel uncomfortable or it's um, a negative thought pops up, that's your cue to hit unfollow Love it. yeah because you can't like I mean you're worth more than that if someone yeah. is constantly and you might not even know them they don't yeah. know you it could yeah. be a celebrity it could be an influencer who has thousands tens of thousands tens of millions you know if you unfollow them the world isn't going to fall apart yeah, yeah. you know and you free up your um your mind to think about other things and yeah. you're you want to create things that will make you feel good, that motivate you, that are positive, that make you feel good and that are motivating in the right way, not yeah. in a negative way that you need to decrease your size, decrease your, you know, waist, anything like that, or restrict yourself in food, anything that's damaging to you. You're an individual who has the right to look after themselves and treat their body how they want to be treated you know but in a in an informed and knowledgeable way you know so it's but body confidence is is back it's reconnecting back to you it's the and it's the identity it's reconnecting and I think for for our age group and for us as mammies of young children it is the identity thing it's like where am I where am I gone? Am I just this person that drops and collects and makes lunches and yeah. bored out of her mind? Like, I mean, so that's when you have to start looking for other things. Yeah. And when you talked about um, the jewellery business and the idea that it wasn't working and you have to close down a business, when do you think, like, as if, if you're, you know, we're speaking to entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs or people who've already opened businesses, when it's, I suppose it's confidence as well having the knowledge that this isn't working and I have to get out of it like so what would you say to somebody who's like oh, Jesus I just cannot make this work and you know yeah. if they need to pivot like should they yeah. just pivot like what what would you say yeah, what's it, the... it's so great it's so brave to say yeah oh, I opened a business and I closed it and it was the hardest thing I've done 
but it was the right thing to do because it led you to here as well. Yeah, like I, I, I think it had kind of naturally phased, not phased out. It was like with the fact, you see, the thing is you're fighting against yourself. Right. It's that I put so much money into this. I put so much time into this. I put so much effort. I just, it has to work. Right. And then you're like, but I don't want to do it anymore. Right. And that's the thing. So it's like listening to yourself going, is this making me happy right now? And I, you know, there's entrepreneurs that have left companies that have made millions and they're really successful and they've stepped away because it's just not what they're, they're doing right now. It's just not, they've built it as far as they can. And I just felt, yeah, I could flog this for another couple of years, but I'm still not going to be happy enough or fulfilled enough in myself. And it could take off, but I don't see it as what I'm meant to do. And it's like the passion goes. And once the passion, once the passion is gone, you're, and it just becomes a job Mm -hmm. or something to do, then it's time to walk away. And like, and I've had to pivot as well over lockdown. And, you know, I did, you know, even trying to do um, different things. And you're like, actually, this isn't, it was at the time I thought it was great. Yeah. And I take what I can and I take what I've learned because if I hadn't set up the Parisian Bride, I would not be, I would not know half the things I know now about business yeah. and about what not to do. And, yeah. and this, the next, this time around, what well, so I, I asked, I asked because I believed in myself and I said, right, okay, well, I need help. I don't know these things. Yeah. So you're reaching out and you have to surround yourself with people that are on the same wavelength because your family is great and all but unless they're an actual entrepreneur it's not really it doesn't really work out because they're like yeah that's grand okay look at her there now you know or they or they just don't ask and they don't want to know they don't ask or they don't care and they're like what do you do now you know sure you don't want to go work in the civil service (laughs) a nice pensionable job and you're like going oh my god no i will never work in the civil service What do you do to switch off? Um, honestly, I love what I do so much. Like I'm constant. Like if I'm not out here in the office, I'm thinking about what I'm doing. What am I going to do? I'm actually that person. But it could because I turned into more you're creating content and I'm more into my creative side. It mightn't come. I might have to think about it for three days. Yeah. And then when I get the time and the space, I will create something. But yeah, I'm constantly going. But I do like, I like to read, but they're all, <laughs> they're all self-help books. It's hilarious. They're all business books or they're, you know, I love autobiographies. I love people. I love, and I, you'd kind of think I'd like to go to the shops, but I don't actually, um, unless I'm working. But I do, I love, um, I just love being at home. And I love, it's not even watching TV, but I just like to be at home and reading my books. But I do go to the gym a bit. I'd love to say I walk and all that kind of stuff. I don't. Or sea swim or anything like yeah. that. I grew up by the sea. I've been sea swimming all my life. <laughs> you know what? So yeah. And I think, you know, if it's a new experience for you, absolutely. But when you've been doing it most of your life, you're like, oh, okay. Um yeah, I to tune off. I tuning off is difficult for me, but I do. I don't do it that often, so it's yeah. quite. <laughs> but I love what I do. That's the thing. I'm yeah. always thinking about what will help someone. What can I can I do? What's going to be the next big, you know? And even if it's just a social media post, like how is it going to help somebody? And yeah, um, I love magazines or all that kind of stuff, and I like art. So I like the the museums in town and things like that. So I do like to wander around, but like I don't have any major, major hobbies or passions, but unless obviously just this, my work, that's what I'm really passionate about. And do do you, you do anything to make your work, like your passion any easier for you? So do you delegate? Is there anything you've outsourced or are you still holding the keys to everything? And Um, well, I've relaxed. Jesus. I had to relax about the social media, like Jesus Christ. It was getting to the stage where you'd be worrying about what word you were putting in. And I said, you know what? 
And like, you must post every day. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I'd not put, and I was posting every day and I was just like, this is exhausting. So I always have to step back and watch my energy because I could literally go like that and I've done it. And it's like, but I'm wiped. So I have to conserve the energy. So I try, I try and uh, schedule most of the scheduling apps are are one of the greatest creations. Mm -hmm. Um, I did, I, if I don't know technically how to do something like a landing page, like things like that, I will ask somebody else because yeah. I could, I have spent whole days, two yeah. days trying to yeah. figure out MailChimp or one of these things. And you're like, yeah. and it's only every now and then. So I'd rather pay somebody to do that and take that um, without me crashing my whole website or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or, or cra- crashing, crashing your brain. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, and a copywriting for some stuff and things like that. I'd get someone to maybe, you know, read it, redo it, you know, just especially yeah. if you were submitting it for, for magazines or yeah. blogs or something like that. So, yeah, I do. Things that I'm not, because what I learned from before is that I can't do everything. I'm yeah. not great at everything. And it's okay to go, do you know what, Sarah? You're not really the best at that now. Yeah. And, and, but I've had to learn an awful lot of stuff, which is good. But I think once you do surround yourself with the with good people who are in who are entrepreneurs, there'll always be someone that can help good you. at design or good at logos or you know yeah. websites and stuff. So you always get advice. So yeah. you're never stuck for someone to ask. Yeah, and, it's, and that's it. It, it. it is asking for help can make you so much more efficient as well. Like you know, because you're oh, talking totally. about spending two or three days doing something when it's like if I picked up the phone to somebody. Yeah, three days ago, I'd have something else completed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And have you any other projects in the pipeline that you can talk about? Um, going on or? Yeah, well, we I have the next the next um styling confidence course is scheduled for January, uh, January the tenth. That's a local one, but I'm hoping to run it online as well in January. So there'll be oh, an great. option to. So that's four weeks that course it's a four-week course where we cover style and how to build up your body confidence so it's four weeks and then I'm launching Sarah Lines coaching which is the body confidence coaching um website so look out for that and if you want to follow me and Sarah Lines coaching on Instagram that would be great Fabulous. so it's it's going to be a standalone one because I think I can you know, and I still love to do too. Well, style isn't going anywhere. Yeah, it's just that I feel it needed its own platform. Yeah, and I I'm so passionate about it that I, it just needed its own its own vehicle, as <laughs> opposed to its own car. So, and yeah. that's that's amazing, and it's great to hear everything that's um coming forward. Like it's lovely. It's lovely to you because you light up for those listening. You light up um when you talk about it. So that's that's um, amazing. <laughs> Tell me something that not a lot of people know about you. Ooh. I'm, oh, I'm actually a really good baker. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. The first college course I went to was bakery technology in Kevin Street. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm actually, it's funny. I don't bake an awful lot, but I have to say the stuff I do bake is pretty, pretty good. Like, um, and it's just, yeah. And I used to actually, one of my first businesses was um, selling in, there's a market in Galway. Yeah. And um, I had my own stall when I was like 14 and 15. Amazing. And it was, I sold chocolate biscuit cake was my signature gingerbread people. We were very, we were very PC back then. They were people and um, like apple tarts and stuff. So my mom got me into that. She used to go in like six in the morning with the table and wait there until I got in. It was funny. Um, so yeah, I am a pretty good baker, even though I don't do it that often. And it's um yeah it's one of the things people don't associate with me at all because <laughs> I, I, I give out about having to make a dinner like every yeah. day <laughs> yeah, I know well yeah we, we, that's that, listen that's part and parcel of it isn't it um, at corporate to calm we're all about taking a risk to create your own happiness so what advice would you, advice would you give to somebody who was making going to make that pivotal change in their life they were going to just become drop drop the the job or you know the other business and and focusing on their passion the main thing I would suggest is that listening to yourself and listen to your inner intuition so your gut 
feeling? What's your gut telling you? Mm-hmm. Because your tummy is your, that gut area is where your wisdom is all stored. That's it. That's why they call it the gut feeling. What is it deep down? Get rid of all the noise and just focus in on what's feeling right for you. And just always go with your gut because a lot of people will say to me, I didn't go with my gut. Yeah. And it did, but that's okay. That's a learning thing. But when you're making those pivotal decisions, you have to, you know, think about it, but listen as well to yourself and make sure you have um, a plan. Yeah. You know, make the plan, love a plan and then put the action to the plan. And is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, Well, I just, I just love talking with everybody. (laughs) If anyone else wants to talk to me, I am open. But um, no, I'm just, I am delighted to be talking to you, Linda. And I'm so glad to be, have met you, even though never in real life. It's like, oh my God. Even though I feel I've known you for like, you know, 20 years. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, But I just want to share that everyone is unique. Everyone has passions and talents and gifts in this world. So don't hide them. As my kids say, let your light shine. And um, I just want everyone and I want every woman to feel that, mm-hmm. you know, that they belong and that they're valued and um, that you're OK the way you are. Love. And, you know, that you're you're OK. And before we go, um, I always have an either or at the end of the podcast. So I have selections. Um, so it's, it's one choice or the other. So it's just a little list to go through for you. Sarah. OK, so first up, it's coffee or tea. Coffee. Mm. Boots or stilettos? It depends how far we're walking, but we go in stilettos. <laughs> um, a podcast or a book? Book. Uh, blonde or brunette? Oh, stop! Oh, my God! Oh, brunette. I have to go back to my... <laughs> Spring fashion or autumn fashion? Autumn fashion. Uh, online or in person? In person. Um, dressing the legs or dressing the arms? Uh, arms. Uh, a scarf or no scarf? Oh, scarf. Scarf. Uh, uh, leather or suede? Leather. Uh, midi or mini? Oh, depends on the time of day, but mini is always good. Oh, I love it. And uh, <laughs> lemon drizzle, lemon drizzle, or uh, fairy cakes? <laughs> oh, lemon drizzle, yum! Oh, God, it's like you're in my head. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Before we go, where you've mentioned um your coaching website, but where else can people find you? Um, so I am at wellstyled.ie for um, all inquiries or uh, wellstyled by Sarah on Instagram and Facebook and Sarah Lines Coaching coming soon. Yay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. God, this is a great morning. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you. See you, Linda. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Corporate to Calm podcast. Please subscribe, leave a nice review, or simply come back and listen to us next time. I'm Linda Monaghan, motivating you to make that leap from corporate to calm.